Sports fans, welcome to another great edition of That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. It is not just any sports show, not this sports show. It is That Sports Show. Impact Media's weekly show all about all things sports, especially around the Atlanta area and some national stuff and worldly stuff as well. Today, we've got a monster show. We are going to be talking some... Atlanta United in the MLS. We are going to be talking about some rugby ATL and MLR. And we are going to be talking some NFL. There's uh, some pretty important games going on this weekend, actually starting tomorrow. But before we do that, let me tell you all the ways that you can be a part of this show. That is by leaving us a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, um, instructions on how to get out of escape rooms. Those would help. I've actually never done one of those. It's kind of weird. Me of all people, anybody who knows me, I love that kind of stuff. I should probably start to do those. Hey, if you guys got suggestions on good escape rooms we should do here near the Atlanta area, let us know. we got some cool ones out towards Carrollton. Out this way, we've got Sleepy Hollow Farm. Uh, not not far outside the Atlanta area. I think it's in the Douglasville Springs area, if you're familiar with this area. They've got some awesome stuff. I need to go check these out. But anyway, here are, the play, here are the ways you can do that. I'm getting sidetracked already. You can email us, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, That Sports Show, Jeremy York, any of those should be able to find us. If you are one of those people who likes to just click on a link and listen to a show, we definitely appreciate you guys. And here is how you can do so. You can go to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media, find the appropriate show, scroll down, find the appropriate show, and click on it and listen to it as many times as you would like. There is no cap on the amount of times you can listen to it. I don't say that to drive our numbers up because I think once you listen to it once, it just counts. And it, I don't think it counts multiple times, but I don't want to hold you guys back from being able to listen to it multiple times. Uh, you can also follow me at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And we do show-related things. We do non-show-related things. Um, I'm going to start posting a lot more. I have been, with the help of my wife, my nephews and my niece and some other ones uh, I, I am figuring out other fun things to do on some of these other platforms so we will be posting a lot more soon make sure to check all those out and then of course you can find us anywhere you find a podcast whether that is podcast one spotify or the itunes store or anywhere you find a podcast if there is anywhere you find a podcast that you cannot find us please let us know and we will fix that accordingly And I mean, we actually have had people tell us here recently that they, they listen to us on Spotify. So shout out to all you amazing people. And uh, shout out to all you guys because we really couldn't do this without you guys. We could, but it would just be me speaking into a microphone and uh, in an empty room. And uh, it's anything but that. We got producer Sassy in the house, producer Sunshine. They are running all over the place. They are getting stuff done. They are making a mess as well, but hey, got to take the good with the bad, right? Good with the bad. So, let's talk tonight. Let's start with Atlanta United. Uh, things that we, we know that they've got to shake up this roster. And this is soccer, American soccer otherwise known as football across the world. I'm going to try my best to continue to call it football. So this is football. So you can't just, you can't do a turnover like you would uh, in the NBA, like if LeBron goes to a new team where 
basically fires his teammates or trades them all off and brings in all of his friends and other people. You, you, you can't just really do that. You have to do it in bits and pieces, and there are certain parts of contracts that you are tied to that you just can't just shed them out of nowhere. Think, think the NFL, where sometimes you are tied to a player longer than you want to be because of a stipulation in the contract. Well, there's a lot of those in MLS and in football in general. So, here are some of the things that Atlanta United have done. They sent out a special thank you to George Campbell. George Campbell did some uh, exceptional, exceptional things for the team uh, in the last couple of years. I believe he was a homegrown even, which, which is what kind of sucks about this. Um, they have acquired up to $900,000 in general allocated money, otherwise known as GAM, from CF Montreal in the MLS in exchange for the services of one George Campbell. That's really good for George Campbell. He's going to get the opportunity to start and do some great things there. I'd love to follow Montreal because they are the Montreal Impact. They're, and while they are not my favorite team, they're definitely not my least favorite team because any team that has the word impact in it, got to be a good team. But it uh, looks like George Campbell is going north of the border. We appreciate everything he did. And do we have, I know we had it somewhere where I will let you guys know that Here it is. I'll let you guys know that George Campbell will be back in the ATL on Saturday, September the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. He will be back in the Benz because Montreal will be visiting that day. That, uh, that, that could be a fun day to go to, depending on what other schedules look like. And we will talk a little bit about we will talk uh, first quarter of the season here in a minute, but let's get back. Let's get back to uh, the things at hand here. All right. What they also said. Thank you to Emerson Hindman. Uh, this one sucks to me uh, a little more than a couple of the other ones. I, I was. A, a fan of, of what Emerson did. Hyman just, uh, he, he seemed to hold together the midfield among a lot of the chaos and the injuries and the crazy thing that was happening. Uh, I don't, I can't remember if they terminated his contract or they just did not renew it. Um, I think he had aspirations and some other offers to play places, so they may have just free and clear uh, let him go do that. Uh, Alan Franco is also, uh, he is getting transferred which means he'll still be under the Atlanta umbrella, but uh, he will be as a part. Uh, he'll be, let's see, he's being transferred to uh, Sao Paulo down in Brazil, I believe, to, to their team there. And uh, we wish Alan Franco the best, which means that any they, they can recall the transfer. But uh, they, they need to clean up the midfield, and they're doing a pretty good job of doing so there. Uh, let's see, we transferred one guy, we traded one guy, we uh, t terminated, let one guy go, and then uh, Dom Dwyer, his contract expired, and I don't think he re-signed, or I don't think they offered him, which is a crying shame, because uh, we'll get into the Joe Mar rum rumors in a minute. But uh, Dom Dwyer is that player that everybody does not like Dom Dwyer unless he's on your team. We all didn't like him quite a bit when he was on Orlando. And then when he joined Atlanta and you saw the kind of magic that he can create and the kind of things he did. And, I mean, he was probably our best striker all year. I will say it. He played a lot more, was not injured like Joe Mar. Hey, things happen. I'm not holding it against him. Uh, some of the other guys, uh, Cisneros and some of the other guys, they, they were streaky, 
but it just seemed like Dom was always that guy that just that just held things together. So wish Dom Dwyer the best. I don't know if he is retiring or not, but uh, he's not going to be a part of Atlanta at least as of right now. So I've told you about four people who are no longer with the team. That sucks. Well, let me tell you about some people who are a part of the team. How about they signed free agent midfielder Derek Etienne Jr. We needed some midfield help. Etienne is definitely somebody who will maybe breed some life. He is a different style player. Last year, we had like three or four midfielders that basically were the same player. They all did the same thing. And so when you had all three of them in, you, you had no way to pivot if things weren't working or you needed to change it up. So this this team they're building, they're changing things up. Etienne has a lot of energy, a lot of ball movement. It should be a definite pickup from things of last year. Uh, they also drafted midfielder Tyler Young out of Campbell University in round two, pick number 36 of the Super Draft. They have signed Quentin Westberg. He is a goalkeeper out of Ceresnes, France. Uh, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, let's find out real quick. All right, we've been corrected by uh, language expert John Watts right here from Impact Media. Caught him walking through the halls. Well, not really caught him, saw him. It is Surin. Surin, France. So, uh, appreciate him telling us that. But we get Quentin Westberg from Surin, France. He's a goalkeeper. We need some goalkeepers. Brad Guzan is on his way back. I believe he is, he is, uh, his rehab has been going really well. Looks like he is, he is going to do, uh, quite well. Um, I know Atlanta United loaned Marcelino Moreno to Coritiba FC for the 2023 20, season. This is another one. I like Moreno, but he he was another one of those midfielders that, or another one of those guys in the middle of the field at least, that uh, just kind of did the same thing. So needed to do something different. Um, they did re-sign Amar Sadik. Midfielder out of Berlin, Germany. Of course, he was here. Uh, but, you know, just if, if you had... I don't know that you necessarily want to play all three of these at the same time. But if you have a Marsadic and you have uh, Tyler Young or Derek Etienne Jr., I, I feel like Etienne and, and Tyler Young are probably similar players. I don't know much about the draft pick, but I know that. Uh, then I, I feel... I feel really good about that. And we also signed goalkeeper out of uh, Paris, France, otherwise known as Paris, Paris, France, uh, Clement Diop. So uh, we have at least three goaltenders under contract. I believe we have a couple with Atlanta United, too. We can call up if we need. We have some young people in the pipeline. See, that was the problem is Guzan has stuck around and continued to be one of the best in the league for so long that, you know, we, we had to we had to let people move on and, and go to other places and, and get other opportunities because we just did, we got backlogged. We just didn't have the room, which which is good and bad. You know, it's uh, to put it in other perspective, it'd be like it'd be like if you had you know, Tom Brady's your quarterback, and he continues to play, so all your backups don't get the opportunities to play. They're going to want to go other places to try to start and play, and, and they might be really good. Uh, it happens a lot in college where you may get three or four great quarterbacks in a room, and they're going to start transferring everywhere because they all want to play. It just It's part of it. But at least we were able to get, able to get those guys into places, and uh, we, we got three goaltenders. Like I said, Quentin Westberg, we've got Clement Diop, and we've got Brad Guzon. I feel good about those. It's way too early to know who could be the backup. My guess is Quentin, but, uh, you know, you don't want to let Clement just, just hang around. So, 
is what it is with that. Let's talk before, you know, to conclude our Atlanta United talk, let's talk about the first quarter of the season. First quarter of the season, of course. The season will kick off, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday, February 25th, where they will host the San Jose Earthquakes, 7.30 kickoff on that one. They will follow that up on Saturday, March the 4th, hosting the uh, hosting Toronto FC, 7.30 on that one. Uh, you can find all this at atlutd.com and uh, all across all the social medias, uh, but uh, to continue on, the first away game will be Saturday, March 11th. That is a noon kickoff in Charlotte. They will host Portland on Saturday, March 18th. A lot of Saturday evening games, just so you guys know. Uh, Saturday, March 18th, they will host Portland at 7.30 p.m. on that one. They will follow that up the following weekend. See if they had a break yet. No break yet. They'll follow that up on March the 25th, which is a Saturday, in Columbus, 7.30 kickoff on that one. Saturday, April 1st, they will host uh, the New York Red Bulls, 7.30 p.m. in the Benz. Then they will go, it's weird, they will play in New York and then New York City back-to-back -back twice this year. And uh, it obviously it will be the opposite of what I'm saying here. Because, uh, like I said, April 1st they host the New York Red Bulls, and on April the 8th they will travel to New York City FC, 7:30 kickoff on that one. That's Saturday, April the 8th on Tax Day, otherwise known as Saturday, April the 15th. Soon I guess Tax Day will technically be the 17th at Monday. They will be in Toronto kind of good to knock Toronto out in the first month and a half. 7.30 kickoff on that one. They will host Chicago on April 23rd, 4.30 p.m. on that one. That is a Sunday. That sounds like a fun game to go to. It's a crazy time to have it. And like I said, almost every other home game is a Saturday night. So that's one of the first that I saw. And uh, with some ties to Chicago and Atlanta, that could be a fun one to go to. And then finally, to round out the first quarter of their schedule, ATL UTD will be in Nashville on Saturday, April the 29th, 1.30 kickoff for that one. It's going to be a fun time, guys. They're, they're, yes, the team is going to look a little different. Yes, you are. Uh, there's going to be some new faces. Maybe some of the ones that you really liked are no longer a part of the team. It happens. Uh, it happens to me quite a bit, actually. But uh, I have uh, have gotten used to it, as so, uh, should you guys. It's It's just part of how... It's just part of how things seem to work in football. Otherwise, on the side. Let's talk some rugby ATL. Rugby ATL kick off their season on February the 17th. And they will start off at home. That is a Friday, I believe. Let's see, I think I don't I have these wrote down somewhere. Pretty sure I have them wrote down. Let's see if we can find them real quickly. Ah, here we go. Yep, knew I wrote them down. They will start their season Friday, February the 17th, hosting the Toronto Arrows. That will be game one. Did they play twice? Yes, that will be game one of the Fire and Ice Cup. A fantastic uh, Atlanta versus Toronto little mini cup series that they have done the past couple years. Uh, so cool to go to these. I am looking forward to being at this one. Uh, I was not able to go last year, but these are so much fun. Plus, Toronto 
it's really cool. No, I did go last year. I did go. I remember and uh, made some good friends with Toronto. I'll, I will try to have those on some post game shows as well. You guys know I like to uh, talk with the players afterwards. Uh, but they will follow up. Game number two on the season for them will be will be Friday, February 24th. They will be in Seattle to take on the Seawolves. They will follow that up on March the 4th, which is a Saturday, hosting NOLA Gold. Those are always fun because them and NOLA will get into it. They get a week off in week four. And we'll fire back up in week five, hosting the San Diego Legion on March the 18th, also a Saturday. On March 25th, Saturday, March 25th, they will be in Houston to take on the Sabercats. They will be in New York to take on Rugby New York, the defending MLR Shield winners. That's going to be a fun matchup on April the 2nd. That is a Sunday. On April the 8th, which is a Saturday, they will host Old Glory BC. Another fun matchup. And then they will travel to NOLA Gold on April the 16th, which I believe, let's see, from the 8th. As a Sunday. So that will be Sunday, April 16th. And that is the first half of their schedule. The second half is uh, pretty fun too. I like how it's four home, four away. And then the second half, four home, four away. Uh, they have did a little bit of a roster turnover. Again, not quite as drastic as in other years. But let's get into some of them. Let's get into some of them. We, I'm going to start... Uh, this is going to be part of a, a big series we're going to do. I'll do it three or four parts. I haven't decided what yet. But also those who are new to rugby, I'm going to kind of explain a little bit of what these positions do. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about the props and the hookers. Don't get too excited. It is not that kind. But what the props and the hookers do... Um, the hooker, the, these are like the football equip, the the American football equivalent of your offensive and defensive linemen. These are the guys in the trenches. Uh, usually, the hooker is also he's uh, he's kind of the anchor in the middle of a lot of the scrums and and, and rucks. He tries to really get in there. Uh, he also a lot of times is in charge of the throw-ins on all of the lineouts which is when they throw the ball in, you know, they hoist each other up and, and uh, start that way. You know, you guys have seen it. You just didn't know what they were called. So that's that's what those are called. Let's start by talking. Uh, we know that Marco Jans van Rensburg went. Uh, he, he now plays in South Africa as part uh, of the league down there. He went back home. And uh, while we will miss him, we were able to hang on to his understudy from last year who came in and did a, a spectacular job when called upon. Uh, Tion Erasmus, who is also from South Africa. Tion did a fantastic job. I am so excited to have him back. And of all the people I will mention today, the next two I know the least about, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, ben Strength is from New Zealand. And... From what I was able to gather, besides him being quite the hooker, I know I'm not saying this to be to be coy or anything like that. This this is legitimately what the name of this position is called for people who don't know. Uh, but uh, his throw-ins are quite strong, and he is uh, he's a good anchor to have in the middle, uh, a team leader from everything I was able to get gather. Uh, not to be outdone, Isaac Bales, who is from the great state of Kentucky, right here in the old U.S. of A. He is our third hooker currently signed at the moment. And I saw the same things there. Uh, he, he is he, he's good about communication. He's good about holding it together in the middle uh, for all the big, you know, it's set pieces, basically. Let's put it in, 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 a, in a football term for you guys, or a soccer term. 
for set pieces for for all the times that play stops to set up to set up whether it's uh, scrums or anything like that uh, he, he's really good at directing traffic and getting people in the right situations uh, let's talk about to be a prop you're either a tight head or a loose head our tight head props this year we have the return of John Roy Jenkinson from South Africa John Roy is a massive human being big wide bulldozer uh, and super cool by the way super cool to talk to uh, but John Roy Jenkinson returns to Rugby ATL. Rattler fans will also be excited that Vikas Grunwald from South Africa is also returning, along with uh, somebody who didn't see the field as much last year, but I believe that's going to change. But he was in our system and on the team uh, practically majority of the year, if not the whole year, and that was Lincoln C. Lincoln, if I'm saying your last name incorrectly please let me know if I'm saying it correctly please let me know but Lincoln is from the great state of California and we appreciate him choosing the best coast otherwise known as the East Coast we go to the loose head props where we get all the way from the Emerald City from Flair Country shout out some of our other works here from Charlotte North Carolina Alex Mon. Alex Mon is a local talent as well as I believe he went to Life University, if I'm not mistaken. That's that's a great hotbed to get talent, especially for the MLR. There are tons of Life University guys all up and down. But uh, Alex Mon does a great job. Uh, he, you know, th like I said, these are the people in the front when the when the scrums line up, when they all, you know, it, it's it, where it looks like two huddles running at each other these are the people up front that are there for the big push to try to get the advantage um, not to be outdone and the person who gives me the biggest literary workout is Jonas Petrokopoulos who is actually from Indianapolis Indiana right here in the good old US of A we actually have three American Lucid props which is outstanding. It, it shows you that MLR may be, uh, has a global presence, as you will see people from South Africa, you'll see people from New Zealand, uh, you will see Argentina and Australia, and you will see France. And it's just a global game, but it is great to have so many American products involved in this as well. Uh, Jonas, man, he, he's a rhino. He is a rhino. You put him up front, and he is going to smash somebody. And another rhino we have on this team, the return of Will Burke, who is from the great state of New York. Will was really cool. I have to look back and see. I don't think I got a chance to talk to Alex or Jonas last year post-game. I think I talked to Will. Maybe he was even on some of the stuff that uh, some of the other special shows I did on YouTube and things like that. We'll have to look into that, but those are the props and hookers for this team. Uh, I, I implore everybody that if you have never seen rugby live and in person, please come down to Silverback Park this year and, uh, and, and come see a game live. And if it's not your thing, great, but I think you're going to like the atmosphere. Uh, it's not just two teams of Red Rover trying to injure each other. No, no, no. There is, it is a, a chess match, and it is like it is like hockey on turf under chess rules. That's a, but you're not trying to take out pieces. I guess when I say chess match, it's not about taking out pieces. It's trying to gain the advantage and just make the other guy quit. And I tell the story all the time that I used to watch, I still watch, but I watched the English Rugby League for uh, a good while and I uh, had a, a decent understanding of the basics and then got the opportunity a couple years ago, this would actually be year number three of covering uh, Rugby ATL. A couple years ago, got the chance to start doing it and to see it up close right there on the field. And I was just blown away with how pure this game is it's just like hockey to me 
is that when you see it up close, there's just a, a, a beautiful purity and just clarity to the game that's going on. It's such a, a clean game. You're going to have some dust-ups here and there. And as we get into the other positions, I will, I will kind of get into what some of their duties are because some of them, some of them, they're supposed to. They're, they don't play dirty, but they're there to to do some of the dirty work, so to say. But we will get into those at later times. But there is your Atlanta United and Rugby ATL kind of small season previews up until now. We will obviously talk more about them next week as we will preview more people on the show, I mean, more people on the teams, and what some of the other people for Rugby ATL do. Maybe we'll have some of them on early. But for now, let's go take a break where you will hear about our friends at BetOnline.net. And when we come back, we're going to talk about those NFL games coming up this weekend as it is Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on That Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Appreciate you guys rejoining the show. Hopefully, you go check out betonline.net. They have the articles. They have the podcast. They have the betting and wagering lines. They have all the help options and, and uh, questions and things like that. Even if you can't legally wager where you are or you choose not to, you can still go for the articles and the information and the podcast to make you a smarter, more educated fan. And that way you win all of the debates you have with your crazy aunt who is visiting from, for the holidays. Not speaking from experience, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Or to win that debate at your local coffee shop because that Panthers fan's wrong and you know it. Now... There are some games this weekend, and they start uh, less than 24 hours from right now. What games do we have? Well, let's talk about them. This is the super wild card round. Not sure why we have to call it super. Looks pretty regular to me. But there are two games on Saturday. There are three on Sunday, and then there is a Monday night football game. And if you don't know what game is that night, when I tell you, it will make the most sense. We're going to start off Saturday. We're going to start off Saturday at 4.30 p.m. on Fox. We're going to get the seven-seed Seahawks as they will travel down to, oddly enough, San Jose to face the San Francisco 49ers at Levi Stadium. They're the number two seed. A lot of people look at this and they say, well, the 49ers will just run all over them and they're going to punch them in the mouth. Well, that's fine, but this is the third time that these guys have played this year. You think Pete Carroll is not ready to dial up something that Kyle Shanahan has not seen before? You would be wrong. Um, I heard something earlier on a show, uh, on a podcast I was listening to. Because, yeah, I listen to podcasts too. And uh, I believe it was Mike Florio that said it was either him or Peter King. Could have been Peter King to say any team that is coached by Pete Carroll has at the very least a puncher's chance to win. I think Florio said that if you put five cards in front of him and said one of those cards means the Seahawks wins to say they have a one in five chance minimum, that's, that's probably about right. The 49ers are super stacked. But it's not. They also have a rookie quarterback who was drafted 260. Was it 262 overall this year? He was Mr. Irrelevant. There's a reason why he was that far down. But Geno Smith is also not. I think he's making his debut. 
Uh, here's how I think this is going to play out. I do think the 49ers are going to use their run game with Elijah Mitchell and with Christian McCaffrey and a little bit of Brock Birdie to really, really get the ball rolling, so to say. And uh, when the Seahawks try to step up and uh, beat the run, I think that's when they're going to find Kittle and uh, Debo Samuel. And it's just going to keep Seahawks, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks, off balance enough to where if it turns into score versus score, obviously the Seahawks are not going to win that one. The Seahawks do have a chance to win, though, because they have, I would say they have the better receiving core, honestly. And they have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And if you can get them and you can get, uh, gosh, what's the running back's name? Kenneth. What is it? Walker. If you can get Ken Walker going, then uh, he had over 1,000 yards this, this year. And so did Metcalf and Lockett in the air. If you can get those three with a sprinkle, a little bit of Geno uh, doing some fun things, then the Seahawks very much have a chance to pull this off. I will do my picks for all these games at the very end. Uh, but that's if, if they can keep it close and keep their playmakers making plays, uh, could be a really, really fun kickoff game. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to get the five-seed Chargers traveling to the four-seed Jaguars. I believe the Chargers are like a two-point favorite, which is weird. Uh, 8-15 kickoff down there in Duval County. Shout out to the Teal Street Hooligans, always holding it down at the corner of Bryan and is it Duval? They always do their tailgate. They do fantastic. Uh, in fact, this is how good an OG the Teal Street Hooligans are. The Bold City Brigade, that is a much bigger fan group that partners with them a lot, gave them a shout-out the other day for being originals and being there before the Bold City Brigade. That's a crazy shout-out, and they deserve it. And we've had some of them on the show before. And uh, maybe we have them on the show here soon. We need to we need to reach out to a lot of these people, see what people have been up to. But uh, that is on NBC, 8:15 on that one. Obviously, we know the Chargers have Herbert. We know that uh, they have Austin Eckler, who is the best running back in the league. That's just a fact of life. That is that is not up for debate. Look at his numbers. Look what he's done for this team. Uh, the question mark on offense for the Chargers, because they have a heck of a defense. They have a heck of a defense. You guys know that. They they added a bunch of pieces this year on top of the already great ones they had. Once again, small drink of coffee. It is not from the Butter Rudder, so I will not tell you what kind it is. If you would like... If you would like me, or you would like to sponsor the show and me talk about your coffee or products or whatever, you guys can hit us up all those ways I told you at the beginning of the show, uh, 3endzone at gmail.com, and we will happily talk about your products when I take small uh, breaks during the show to drink things. But back into this, not having, not having Mike Williams in this game could really hurt Justin Herbert and the uh, and the Chargers. They have other, you know, they do have others. I understand that. They have Palmer and Kelly and all that. It, getting Eckler going is fine, but there's no Mike Williams. When he's in the game, he is the heart of this offense. And I feel like if he doesn't go, and I don't think he's going to because they had him play in week 18 or whatever and he got hurt and hurt his his ribs or his back is his back he hurt his back and he is one of my favorite players uh spoiler alert i try to get him every year in fantasy and i usually get him on at least half of the teams that i have uh he's actually at eckler in elite two uh but that offense goes as mike williams goes so if he is not in we're gonna have to see herbert find a cape and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with an emerging 
star in Trevor Lawrence. When you talk about the Jaguars, everybody thought they were crazy for picking the Georgia player number one overall. Everybody said, why would you do that? That guy only played about half the snaps. He, uh, he, he wasn't that amazing. He did some good stuff, and then he emerged into a star in the NFL. So turns out they know what they're doing. And it turns out they have a competent coach who is developing everybody on the team, unlike the moron they had that they let go of last year. And I stand by that statement. But the thing the Jaguars are going to have to do, it is a battle of offenses here. We're going to have to see Trevor Lawrence step up and, and be super Trevor, that, that it was the number one overall pick that led Clemson to championships. Uh, you know, he's from right down the road. He's He grew up in Cartersville, Georgia, I believe, which is about 30 or 40 minutes from where we are taping right now. He's a local homegrown. But he needs to get things going. You've got Travis Etienne, who uh, just, he is a fantastic ball of lightning, too. He had over 1,100 yards on the ground this year. Christian Kirk is proving to everybody why he got the big money. And Zay Jones, it, it, nobody knew who Zay Jones was. And then halfway through this year, uh, good luck trying to find him in a fantasy league because he was lighting people up. But this offense is going to have a lot to do with the way this game plays out. I think it's a battle of the offenses. If one defense can can just slow down the other offense, then it may uh, it, it may mean the entire game. Let's move to Sunday. Sunday at one o'clock. What a! They probably put the most obvious game here. And it's and it's bless the hearts of the Miami Dolphins, as the as a seven seed they are traveling to the number two seed Buffalo Bills. Uh, not only bless their hearts, they're going from Miami to Buffalo in January, but they are starting their third string quarterback because Bridgewater's pinky is not ready to go because Tua Tagovailoa. I'm genuinely worried about Tua. He, I don't care what they said. He had three concussions in about a six or seven week span this year. And that's that's way too many for one. Way too many. Uh, but they are... What is that guy's name? Can't think of the guy they're going to start. But uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Did a fantastic job. Tyreek Hill had 1,700 yards receiving, 1,300 for Waddle. Uh, Mostert, I do not think, is going to play in this game. It's going to leave it up to Wilson to try to carry the load, among others. But you're on your third-string quarterback. Maybe I'm tipping my hand a little bit on this pick. Uh, I believe this particular quarterback, what is his name? But this particular quarterback was picked just a handful of picks in front of Brock Purdy just last year. And uh, the Dolphins, their defense is going to have to try to slow down Josh Allen. There is a good chance that he'll be that, that they can at least slow him down a little bit. But can you slow him down enough in the way that attack is? I just... Uh, not sure if if uh, you're going to be able to to stand in in front of uh, Diggs and Singletary and and uh, Josh Allen that have just just done some some incredible things this year. But that's why they play the game, right? That's why they play the game because. We've seen the Bills. We've seen the Bills kind of struggle a little bit this year. Uh, there's Skylar Thompson, right? Skylar Thompson. Yeah, good on Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State. But you're down to your third string quarterback. I believe 
Didn't they sign? They sign, I forgot who they signed as a backup, but they're going to have to get more production, especially if Mostert doesn't play. Uh, their defense is pretty good, but this this is just a buzzsaw. So we will see what happens with that. Uh, I, I could see if Buffalo plays down to their opponent, which I, I could see, then this game could be really close, and maybe Skylar Thompson pulls off the impossible. It, it's it, it's definitely possible. I just don't particularly see it as uh, a, a big possibility. Um, let's move to the 4.30 game on Sunday. That, uh, by the way, that's on CBS, the 1 o'clock game. 4.30 game is on Fox. The Giants versus the Vikings. The Giants is the 6 seed. The Vikings as the 3. It's amazing that even though the Vikings won four more games than the Giants. This game's pretty even to me. The Vikings won a bunch of close games, as they should have. They're a good team. I'll give more credit than a lot of people will. Kirk Cousins showed that he could play in big moments, something he had previously kind of struggled with a little bit. Um, their defense has been making some plays when they needed to. You get the Giants, who the is. I mean, Daniel Jones has almost forced New York to not only re-sign him but sign him to a decent deal. He should probably get thirty million a year or something's what he might end up getting because he kind of turned on the. Well, I'm not gonna say turned on the Jets. He he turned on the burners when he needed to, and and turns out him being a mobile and being able to run around that. It actually helps the team a lot. And you got to think, he is throwing to people they picked up from random places. I mean, guys that were probably selling insurance and pumping gas. There's nothing wrong with those, but most of the time you don't go from there to to the NFL. And uh, in the offseason, they have the capital. If they don't pay him too much, they have the capital to go get a bunch of big-time receivers. So, And in the draft, that's probably what they will do. The Giants will be a lot better offensively next year getting Saquon a little bit of help maybe on the offensive line and Saquon getting started up is another big thing but I think the Giants can hang around and make a game of this but it's it's ultimately going to come down to the quarterbacks can Daniel Jones make enough plays to keep a minute can Kirk Cousins make enough plays to make sure there's a gap but that is the 4.30 Fox game. The Sunday night game, 8.15 on NBC. We're going to get a rematch of last week as the number six Baltimore Ravens will be facing the number three Cincinnati Bengals. Even though they are separated by two wins, they're in the same division. You guys know that. Uh, no Lamar Jackson for Baltimore. I would be willing to bet, and I will get more into this in coming weeks. I think Lamar Jackson has played his last down of football in Baltimore. I'm not just going to leave you hanging on that. I believe that they are going to free and clear, let him walk, and just consider it, hey, we got five good years, and go after either somebody else or draft somebody. I just, uh, it's a big year for quarterbacks in the offseason, so I could see Baltimore completely just free and clear, no tags, no nothing, just, uh, all right, didn't want to deal with us. Thanks, have a good one. But no Lamar. I think they are, I think Tyler Huntley is going to be starting. I think he's back from his injury. He was throwing a little bit this, this week. So we'll see what happens with that. J.K. Dobbins was rested up last week, so he's going to be ready to go. Um, Robinson and Andrews are the top targets. We know they play that, uh, them in Tennessee play that style where it's, they want to just run, 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 and beat you up over the middle and beat you up over the middle, and that's what they are going to try to do, and then they're going to rely on all those playmakers on defense to try to just hammer the Bengals and keep Joe Burrow and Mixon and Jamar Chase from uh, just running amok. There are a decent amount of uh, crazy injuries going on with both teams 
Jason Pierre-Paul, I believe, is, is going to play. Calais Campbell, Lonnie Stanley. Uh, Tyler Huntley is questionable, but I think he is going to play. Um, I think Marcus Peters is going to make it. Do we have the... Okay, good, good. Oh, there we go. Swap over the, uh, yeah, the Bengals only have Kappa that's going to be out. Looks like Taylor Britt and T. Higgins are going to be back in the game. Uh, like I said, this comes down to, this is the number seven defense in Cincinnati and the number ten defense in Baltimore. Can the Ravens slow down the aerial attack of Cincinnati? Can the Bengals slow down the Baltimore smash run game? Where the accent with a little bit of speed. Dobbins can run when he needs to. Huntley as well. Uh, that's it. This will be the third time that these two teams have played this year. And we will really... We'll get to see what we did in the other two. We'll get to see two teams beat each other up. And the winner that emerges will be not necessarily the most unscathed, but it will be the one finds ways to put points on the board something the Ravens sometimes struggle to do and then finally Monday night the number four seed Dallas Cowboys my Cowboys are going to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa two major reasons why this game well three three major reasons why this game is the Monday night feature it is because this is potentially the closest game. Uh, the Cowboys up and down. They're struggling on offense a little bit. Dak, I will give credit that not all of his interceptions are his fault, but uh, he's, they, they, some of them are. So, uh, they're struggling on offense. We know Tom Brady has struggled with his offense. Both these defenses are dynamic and can take over games. Micah Parsons is like the new LT, but actually with a good attitude. And uh, that's, that's point number one. Point number two is that Tom Brady plays for the Buccaneers. That's part of why this is in the feature spot. And point number three, the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. They keep getting called that. They've never referred to themselves as that. Honestly, uh, it was just something that somebody said on NFL Films and it stuck. But the Cowboys are one of the most international brands in sports, just like the Yankees and, and uh, some others. So if the Cowboys are on, good or bad, people tune in to watch. This game, if Micah Parsons can infiltrate the Buccaneers offensive line and knock Brady around a little bit early I think the Cowboys have a really good chance in this one if the Buccaneers can force Dak Prescott to throw the ball more to them than to his teammates well that could sway it in their direction and this being at home in Tampa could give them a little bit of an edge although for some reason Dallas tends to play pretty good on the road this is going to be a fun matchup this is on ESPN after a great weekend of football of watching these other five games to have this one as the the uh, penultimate basically uh, it's just man it's it's really could be a really really uh, good game they have not announced the ones for okay didn't know if they would have already said, well, there's a chance that these could be the games next week. But we don't know because nobody won yet. But all right. So let's get into my picks for the weekend. I'm going to start at the front and go to the back, tell you guys all my picks. You guys can hold me to them. I have no problems with those. You can hit us up on all those, all the social medias. You can email us, all those fun things. If you see me out in public, you can just yell at me across the street. We're cool with that, too. Let's start. Saturday, 4.30 p.m., Seahawks at the 49ers. Give me the 49ers. I think they're going to win. 
I think it's going to be close. It's going to be a one-score game. They, they're going to win by four to seven points. They're going to score late. Uh, the Seahawks are going to stay in this one. Geno Smith's going to make some fantastic plays. I think DK Metcalf is probably going to make a, uh, a massive touchdown score that is going to be just uh, just ridiculous. Just We're going to talk about a highlight reel or something. But I think in the end, Brock Purdy is going to do enough. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey that uh, can, can help make some plays when need be. And I think the winning score is going to involve George Kittle. Give me the 49ers in the early game. In the late game tomorrow night, 8-15 NBC, Chargers at the Jaguars. I don't care if the Chargers are featured by two. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. Less question marks on what kind of team we're going to get. The Chargers are up and down. They're inconsistent. And as I said, the Chargers offense goes as Mike Williams goes. And I do not think Mike Williams is going to play tomorrow night. I think Justin Herbert is going to have to try to make up for it. And he's going to kind of do a little more than than uh, needs to be done. He's going to basically try a little too hard. He's going to try to force some in there. And I think the Jaguars are going to be able to pick him off and uh, really give him a bad day. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sunday, the 1 o'clock game on CBS. Dolphins at the Bills. I think the Bills are favored by 13 or 12 and a half. It's one of the biggest wild card spreads ever. The only spread bigger than this in a wild card weekend will be the Bills Mafia in the parking lot and all the amazing food they will have down there. If you're down there just first off be careful second off enjoy that great food uh the bills should win this one i think they're going by about 10 points i would actually take the slight under they, they it could be a complete blowout but i just don't see how the dolphins who are already struggling with a couple different things are going to play are going to play their third string quarterback against the buffalo bills arguably one of the top three teams in the league give me the bills the midday game, Giants at the Vikings. Give me the Minnesota Vikings because it is at home. I think they play pretty good at home. I think Kirk Cousins is looking to show people that uh, last week and the last couple weeks were not just flukes. And that he is a legitimate primetime performer. Trust me, at Michigan State, he torched my Wolverines a lot. So uh, in, in, in the Big Ten, I think he enjoys playing in the big moments I think he finally has the team around him to do so and I think he's just going to have a uh, a pretty massive day Daniel Jones is going to show everybody why he deserves a big contract but I think the Giants are going to come up a little short give me the Minnesota Vikings in the late game Ravens at the Bengals give me I want to pick the Ravens I really do big Harbaugh fan anybody Harbaugh big fan but the Bengals, I think, are possibly the best team in the playoffs, best team in the league. I know they're the three seed, but I just I feel like they have the, the Chiefs number. I feel like they have the Bills number. I th- feel like they can beat anybody in the NFC. Uh, and I think they're going to beat the Ravens because the Ravens rely on the run way too much. They're playing a backup quarterback who is coming off an injury. And the Bengals score their points mostly through the air with a little bit of mixing, mixing it up in the middle. The mixing, mixing up. There you go. Be a great fantasy team name. Uh, but it's one of those that if the Ravens need to score a lot of points quickly, it's hard for them to do, just like Tennessee, where the Bengals need to score quickly. Joe Burrow can do it in three or four passes. So give me the Bengals. It's going to be super close. It may come down to a final score. Justin Tucker miss kick. Uh, it, it's it's going to be tight, but in the end, I think the Bengals are going to win. And bias, unbiased or not, the Monday night football game on ESPN, 8-15, my Cowboys versus, uh, I got friends that are Buccaneers fans. I don't hold it against them. You're free to, I, I never hold it against you that you're passionate about your team. So uh, be passionate about your team, but know that the Cowboys are going to somehow figure out a way to suck less in this game and they are going to beat the Buccaneers and send Tom Brady off into his newest destination next year which could be Miami or Vegas uh, who knows 
but I think the Cowboys are going to do enough. I think Dak is not going to have the world's best day, but uh, I don't know if Tony Pollard is going to play. Zeke is going to have to step it up a little bit, but I feel like Micah Parsons is going to take over this game. He might account for a touchdown or two himself because he's going to smash Brady. He's going to just disrupt everything in the backfield, and he's going to open up other opportunities for that defense to shine. So give me the Cowboys over the Buccaneers. Recap that real quick. I've got the 49ers at home over the Seahawks. I've got the Jaguars at home over the Chargers. I've got the Bills at home over the Dolphins. I've got the Vikings at home over the Giants. Hardly ever do I pick home teams. What am I doing? Uh, Bengals at home over the Ravens. And give me the Lone Road team. They are favored, though, I think. Give me the Cowboys on the road versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that is going to wrap up tonight's show. Thanks for tuning in to That Sports Show. Not just any sports show, not this sports show. This is That Sports Show. I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch football. <laughs>